let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Ken is uh, off today. Deborah Mark is here. Steve Gregory is in Hawaii. Going to get to him in, in just a few seconds. But we've got a, a lot coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. You may have heard over the last few days there's been uh, two mobs that have ransacked uh, two shopping malls. Uh, the Yves Saint Laurent store at the Americana in Glendale, that's owned by Rick Caruso, and then the Nordstrom's in Canoga Park, the Topanga Ball, that a huge group, uh, 30 to 50, and grabbed perhaps $100,000 worth of merchandise. I'm sure you've seen the videos of that. Uh, Blake Trilly's going to come on at 2 o'clock to talk about the Nordstrom's getting invaded, and then Rick Caruso will be on at 2.30 because he's... Uh, Certainly angry. You may remember Caruso ran for mayor. We had a choice to turn away from all this insanity, and people picked uh, Karen Bass instead. At least the majority did. All that coming up at the 2 o'clock hour. But first, Steve Gregory is in Maui. 
uh, covering the huge fire. The death toll, as at last report, was 96. And it's going up all the time. In fact, the governor said uh, 10 to 20 uh, deaths will probably be confirmed each day as they continue the uh, the investigation. Um, and a lot of people have said, a lot of people got very little warning that the fires were coming. And Steve is there to unravel the story. Steve, how are you? Yeah, uh, you know, it's. Um, I'll tell you something. We can talk about how upset we get in Southern California when, you know, things don't seem to be happening fast enough. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, our, refi- our response for fire in Southern California is uh, probably one of the best in the world when you think about the totality of resources, infrastructure, coordination, logistics, and none of that uh, really took place here on the island of Maui. In all of the locals I've been speaking with since I, my arrival yesterday, um, the one common theme is they're all pretty pissed off, and they're all pretty pissed off because they feel like someone uh, failed to flip the switch to warn everybody. Now, there's been a lot made about the fact that there was no cell service and that they couldn't warn anybody because there was no power, no cell service. But but as I talk to more and more people, they're like, well, the system always works when there's gale force winds for hurricanes and tsunamis. But this time it didn't work. What's different this time around? And what they're saying now is that, that people were not prepared for wildfire conditions. Officials were not ready to pull the trigger and send out those warnings. And that included the sirens that, uh, that are abundantly obvious here on the island. Uh, they're all over the place, those so civil defense sirens. And no one flipped the switch to warn anybody. And lawsuits are already being filed to blame Hawaii Power Company, which basically runs 95% of the entire state's power supply. Um, and then I'm just recently hearing very disturbing stories about water pressure, that when firefighters went to connect to the fire plugs, their hoses, there was very little to no water pressure in a lot of the hydrants, and they were unable to use them. And so they had to just say, we can't even do anything with the fire. We're just going to help evacuate people best we can. And then as the fire was tearing through and then pulling down the power lines and, you know, destroying substation, then water pumps from around the area were also impacted. So they could not get any water in quick enough to even put a dent in the flame. So there's a lot of pissed off people on this on this island. The the local authorities thought that the fire was put out that morning. And then by mid-afternoon, it uh, it reemerged. There were two fires. There was one fire in what they call upcountry, and that is uh, further up in the hills and the foothills of one of the volcanoes. And that was where the first fire started. And I went up to the point of origin yesterday, and I looked at how it got sucked down there through a vacuum in a gulch, a very, very massive gulch that goes down, and there are houses on both sides of that gulch. And the point of origin looks like a down power line to me. And it looks like it sparked it and pulled it down. There are still fire crews putting out hotspots up there and small flames uh, using helicopters and Bambi buckets. In Lahaina, the fire had started, and they said it, uh, as you mentioned, they thought it was under control at that point. But people were not paying attention to spot fires. They weren't paying attention to the blowing embers. And you all know, everyone listening knows that those embers are some of the most deadliest causes of spot fires, which grow into larger fires. That's something they did not even see coming. They had small fires, yeah, 
the fire in front of me looks out, but they're not or looks completely distinguished or extinguished. But they don't account for the fires that are just about a half a mile down the road that are starting to smolder. And then by the time it exploded into this conflagration and just this massive wall of flame, there was nothing they could do. Do they think down power lines started the Lahaina fire? That is the prevailing theory at this point. Um, now, here's the thing. Because of these pending lawsuits that have already been filed, I'm, I'm told they were filed as, as soon as this morning, um, I don't think we're going to get many answers because they're all going to say because of pending litigation, we can't really answer that question. I'm expecting that. Um, we're hoping to get more answers from... Uh, FEMA and from the lieutenant governor who's having a press conference in the next hour. Um, but this just looks like there's no other cause. There was no lightning on on the island. And to have two fires, actually there were four fires in total. Um, there were two smaller fires that were quickly extinguished. But the two larger fires, the fire, which is in the upcountry, and then the Lahaina fire down there, the, the deadly one, um, that's, the, I mean, those are the fires that they they suspect were caused by downed power lines. And you've seen a lot of video, I think, that you see those power lines just being whipped around. And the big, massive power lines I saw up in the in the hills yesterday looked pretty obvious to me, but um, we'll see what the officials say. And a lot of people died in their cars trying to flee. Yeah. Well, this is another uh, point of contention with the locals here. When they realized they needed to get out, I'm told now by a number of locals that the police department was shutting down uh, egress, points of egress, so that they could control it in one road out. Seriously? Yeah. And that is what they're saying. That I mean, these are, I mean, so, I think six people they, I've spoken with have all had that they, same story. They shut down exit roads. So they could control the flow of traffic outbound. I've never heard of that. Hmm? I, I mean, <laughs> I had the question when I heard everyone say, you know, the cops were shutting down uh, egress points because they needed to control the flow of traffic. And at one point, it just got too much. And, and everyone got overrun. It doesn't so, seem mean, like the local government and the local emergency officials had the slightest idea what they were doing. No, this is very unprecedented. They have many red flag warnings over here, but they've never had wildfires of this magnitude. I guess they had f decades ago. They had. A wildfire but I mean they've never had anything at this level and so they were just they were ill-prepared for the response now when I'm hearing about fire hydrants without water pressure when I'm hearing about no coordinated effort no evacuation plan and here's the thing John in Southern California we are repeatedly beaten down with the message of having have an evacuation plan have a go kit have all your medicines and everything ready to go have a place for your pets have a plan have a plan have a plan uh, you know, what I don't even remember what the phrase is, the be ready, be ready, go, ready, set, go. Yeah. The ready, set, go program. They don't have that here. They don't worry about wildfires here. They worry about high winds, and that's it. So there's no, there's really no constant communication here about what to do in the event of a wildfire. So people were completely lost when it happened. And then you know as well as I do that, that wildfire, when you have the right conditions, dry fuels, high winds, I mean, it's just pure oxygen, and it, mm. the fire was just driving itself, and it was just plowing down everything in its path. This number being thrown around that federal officials say nearly 1,000 people are missing, 
Mm. Now, do they think there's another thousand dead bodies, or these are people who got out and they haven't been able to contact an account? It's a combination of both. I mean, there are probably people at the bottom of the ocean. There are probably people that were floating around out in the water that may still be floating out in the water that were taken out by the tide. There are people that are still crouched down in homes, hidden in closets, because they didn't know what to do. Um, I'm told that a great many of the missing and presumed dead will be children and elderly because the schools were closed that day and a lot of parents left their kids at home because they work two and three jobs to make ends meet, so they leave their children at home. And so, But the parents couldn't get back in because the roads were closed or the roads were clogged when the fire started. They couldn't get back in to retrieve their children. Shocking stuff, Steve. Thanks very much. You got it, pal. Great report. Steve Thanks. Gregory on the scene. In Maui, in Maui for the file uh, for the fire. We're going to talk more about what Steve went through and some other details uh, coming up next. And again, two o'clock. Uh, Blake Trolley will be here to talk about the Canoga Park Nordstrom uh, attack by that mob of thieves. And Rick Caruso, who ran for mayor, and his uh, Americana shopping center in Glendale uh, got ransacked by another mob at Yves Saint Laurent. Uh, it's like civilization is crumbling right in front of us. John and Ken show Ken's away today. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We just had Steve Gregory on who is reporting live from Maui, the big fire in Lahaina. And I have about a half a dozen shocking things uh, regarding this story. I mean, you've probably seen all the, the video of the devastation that's gone on. But the real... Uh, weird part of this is that the entire government seemed to have broken down and nobody in government was capable of doing the right thing at all at any point while the fire was 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 killing so many people and destroying so many homes starts with well it starts off first with the power companies now the power companies here in california have caused more death and more destruction than any single entity in in this state and it took a lot of death and destruction before they finally agreed that in a high wind situation we're going to shut down the power so that when the power lines fall they won't start a fire which seems basic but it took a lot of deaths before they did it they didn't do that in hawaii i, I d does the news not make it to hawaii i mean we've gone through dozens of these situations so while i understand maybe in lahaina they didn't have uh, a situation like this in recent memory. Uh, the fire experts, uh, the government experts, don't they go on junkets constantly to learn from other uh, cities and other states' experiences? I mean, how much money do they spend flying around the world, you know, to go on a fact-finding mission? Uh, they never found any facts about what to do when the winds are going to blow 80 miles an hour? Because they were blowing 80 miles an hour, and they had a similar effect to our Santa Ana winds. The winds were getting funneled. They were hot. They were dry. It was a combination of high pressure and low pressure. There was a hurricane out to sea, and they were getting 80-mile-an-hour 80, 80 winds. And, and the grasses were really dry. So that seems to be the moment where, hey, you know what they do in California now? After they killed hundreds of people, uh, they turn off the power at the electric companies. Didn't do that. They didn't have a water system capable of putting out a fire. All the hydrants were on very low water pressure. How does how does that happen? How does that exist? So they got a huge power issue. They got a huge water issue. And then 
even with that, maybe the whole homes are going to burn, burn, but at least people's lives could be saved if you just flip on the fire alarm, the siren, so that everybody knows to clear out of Lahaina and the surrounding areas. Just turn on the siren. Why do you have sirens? I, I, who was the guy who didn't do that? Who was the guy who didn't think of doing that? Who are these people? What is it with people in government? What is it with them? Hit the siren. How hard is it? And then the police blocking off exit roads because they wanted to control the flow. Control the flow? First of all, the flow is controlled. There were so many people trying to leave at once that the roads were congested. And people were trapped in their cars and they burned to death in their cars. So why would you add to that by closing other roads? I I mean, Steve is going step by step through, through the whole story. And I'm thinking, they did nothing right. They did absolutely nothing. Well, maybe they had good intentions, though, right? I, uh, has any apologist used the good intention line yet? I'm Talk about completely failing your population. They're paid to do this. This is their job. You work in emergency management. You work in fire. You work in police. Your job is to mitigate these disasters because you can't control the weather. Maybe if somebody woke up at the electric company, you might have prevented this fire. But once the fire started... You, you, I, I, I don't understand. What do they do at all their meetings? These people work, you know, 52 weeks a year. They have constant uh, uh, meetings and, and, and seminars and to produce PowerPoints and they official reports and, and training sessions and rehearsals and staging and this. What do they do with all that rehearsal and knowledge? I, I mean, they have volcanoes there. They have hurricanes. Uh, they have tsunamis. I just am just stunned. This was, according to one professor of fire science, Crystal Colden at UC Merced, said this looks like a no-notice evacuation, which uh, occurred here in California not that long ago, the campfire that burned Paradise down. Remember? Paradise, same thing. They didn't, they didn't have enough exit routes out of the town. A lot of it is the way the, these towns are designed. They're, they're, the, these towns are created inside, inside nature. And uh, they never built exit roads in case there was a massive fire. And then they don't turn you know, off the electric lines. The wine, count, uh, the wine country fires in 2017 had a similar situation. Uh, the... Also, uh, if you, this is from the LA Times, right? Oh, of course it is. Uh, as I was reading through one of the uh, LA Times accounts, eventually they uh, blamed it on Europeans. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, uh, many years ago, Europeans brought uh, non native grasses into Hawaii. So eventually, it, it, it's interesting. They're, they're, they're not, they're not going to blame the electric companies. For, oh, and of course, climate change, right? Climate change and European settlers. That's what caused this. No, it wasn't climate change and European settlers. 
And by the way, those grasses have been there for uh, uh, a very long time. So you could have gotten uh, rid of them by now. Um, what, what happened is you had an unusual weather event and nobody responded to it properly. All the taxpayer paid government staff that's there to help made everything worse. Um, they, they did not have a backup plan for what to do when strong winds knock out the electricity systems and communication systems. Yeah, that was the excuse that the, the uh, Hawaiian uh, emergency management gave. It's like, well, yeah, we didn't turn on the sirens, but we did send out warnings via cell phone, except the cell phones weren't working. There was no service. The cell phone towers were damaged. The electricity was cut after the fires burned through. So nobody was going to get the warning. If there's no plausible way to get an electronic message through, then you, 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 you have to make a really loud noise. And the public should know what that really loud noise means. You know, that's why maybe you have a rehearsal once a year. It's like on Tuesday at uh, 5 o'clock, we're going to set off the sirens. And that's uh, a dress rehearsal in case there was a bad fire. That's it's not it's not that hard. I think I think an eight year old could have figured this out. Uh, more coming up. John and Ken show on KFI. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done. Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Coming up after 2 o'clock, uh, we're going to spend uh, quite some time on the two big mob robberies that went on in the Los Angeles area over the last few days. Uh, Yves Saint Laurent store at the Americana last Tuesday, there was a, a mob robbery, and uh, they ran off with uh, armfuls of designer handbags. It is not true that Deborah Mark was seen as part of the mob. That uh, that's uh, I was almost there. You're, you're denying that? No, I'm denying it. I, uh, I was I was planning on going to the mall last minute. I changed my mind. Yeah, you were going to go to the one in uh, Topanga. Topanga. That's my Saturday. Nordstrom. Yeah. Well, they really did a number in your Nordstrom Saturday. Uh, they might have stolen up to a hundred thousand uh, dollars worth of uh, expensive stuff. So uh, it's two flash mob robberies in a week. And we're going to talk to Rick Caruso, who ran for mayor to try to help fix this. Um, and he's going to be on at 2.30. And it was the East Saint Laurent store at his shopping mall in Glendale that was robbed. Uh, also, next hour, uh, the New York Post just uh, posted a, an exclusive the headline is liberals turn back on woke L.A. prosecutor George Gaston as smash and grab robbery soar. And I'll tell you about that because that just came out about 20 minutes ago. Uh, so we're going to have Blake Trolley on to tell us about the uh, Nordstrom situation. Rick Caruso to talk about his mall getting robbed. And then we'll tell you about how uh, all the left wing nuts that brought uh, Gascon into power are, are tired of being terrorized. Uh, among other stupid things that the government uh, is doing, it, of course, has tried to force, uh, is, is actually literally, not trying to, literally forcing people into electric cars here in California over the next, uh, what, 11 plus years. You're not going to be able to buy a gas-powered car uh, by 2035. And we've talked about this many times, how there's, uh, there's no charging infrastructure that uh, could handle uh, tens of millions of electric cars being purchased. Um, and occasionally somebody, somebody's story on what it's really like out there makes the news. Uh, this uh, came through uh, Yahoo and I think uh, Fox News. Uh, it's about a Canadian man. He's calling electric vehicles the biggest scam of modern times. His name is Dalbir Baya. He lives in the Winnipeg area. Now, he dropped $85,000 on a Ford F-150 Lightning EV. So that's an electric pickup truck. $85,000. And he told Fox Business that he wanted the uh, pickup for work, but he wanted something for recreation to drive to his cabin or go fishing. And he wanted to be a responsible citizen and have an environment, environmentally friendly vehicle. Well, here's what the reality is like. He buys this uh, pickup truck 
but he's forced to install two chargers, one at work and one at home, for $10,000. Then to accommodate the charger, he had to upgrade his home's electric panel for $6,000. Uh, and then after that, he got into a minor accident. Light repair on the front bumper took the vehicle to the body shop. And I don't know what this problem was, but he didn't get it back for six months. He kept calling and email, emailing Ford and uh, they were of no help. Nobody ever answered the phone. Nobody replied to his email. So he gets the truck repaired. And uh, now our friend uh, Dalbeer takes his family on a 1,400-mile road trip from Winnipeg to Chicago. Fast charging stations cost more than gas for the same mileage. And the fast charging stations still only charge the EVs up to 90%. So 10% of the charge never materializes. The family's st first stop was in Fargo, North Dakota. And get this, took two hours and $56 to charge his vehicle from 10% to 90%. Imagine that. Now, you stop for gas, it's about five to seven minutes. You stop to charge an EV, it's, it's, and this is fast charging, two hours? And all he got was 215 miles out of it. Second stop was in Albertville, Minnesota. <coughs> the charger was free, but it was broken. He calls the uh, phone number on the charging station. No help. They drove to another charging station in Elk River, Minnesota. The charger there was broken as well. The sheer helplessness was mind-boggling. He's got a vehicle that he cannot power. Because there is not a working charging station along his route. There's two broken ones. He says, my kids and wife are really worried, really stressed out. It was late afternoon. We were really stuck, hungry, and heartbroken. He had to have his electric vehicle towed to a Ford dealership in Elk River. And then he rented a regular gas-powered vehicle to complete the trip to Chicago. And on the way back... They picked up the Ford F-150. He goes, it was in the shop for six months. I can't take it to my lake cabin. I can't take it for off-grid camping. I can't take it even for a road trip. I can only drive in the city. It's the biggest scam of modern times. And he says that the companies and the government are lying about the electricity range, the range of the electric vehicle. He goes, the actual thing they promised is not even close, not even 50%. And once you buy it, you're stuck with it, and you have to carry huge losses to get rid of it. And there's nobody there to help you. Ford told Fox that driving ranges can be impacted by weather and geography uh, and acknowledged some of the challenges facing the industry, some of the challenges facing the industry. The challenge is you run out of energy and you can't go anywhere. This poor guy and his family were down to 12 miles. 12 miles. I, what are you supposed to do? He had to get it towed. And I, I, I don't understand. And, 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 you know, this is, this is Newsom's doing here in California. 
there's not a charging network that can sustain all the electric cars. And we've been talking about this now for a couple of years and nothing changes. And we got, uh, oh, we got more coming up because uh, they had a complete meltdown of the self-driving car uh, in San Francisco. Apparently, there was some disruption in the system, in the system and quite a few self-driving cars all stopped at the same time and tied up traffic all over the place on Friday night in San Francisco. This is the company called Cruise. They have driverless vehicles, taxis. Supposed to call, you want to get a ride, they come and send you a driverless car. Well, they all went dead at the same time. Tell you more of it coming up. Uh, John and Ken Show, KFI. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, you listen to the iHeart app for the John and Ken On Demand podcast. You pick up anything you missed, and then you can listen to it all all day and night. And uh, after 2 o'clock, Blake Trolley on the uh, smash and grab flash mob uh, that uh, attacked the Nordstrom's in Canoga Park. And after 2.30, we're going to have Rick Caruso, former mayoral candidate that not enough of you voted for. And his shopping center, the Americana in Glendale, uh, was uh, busted into by thieves that ransacked the Yves Saint Laurent store last week as well. So we'll get into that. Now, um, you know, the government in San Francisco is uh, trying to push uh, these uh, electric vehicles. And um, they have given a company called Cruise the right to uh, have these driverless, they call them robo-taxis. And they go around San Francisco picking people up, giving them rides, and there's no driver. It's, it's fully automated. Um, but there was, there was a problem over the weekend. Uh, there was a big music festival in Golden Gate Park called Outside Lands. And have you ever gone to a concert or um, a sporting event and your cell phone doesn't work because everybody's on their cell phone at the same time? Everybody's taking photos and sending photos to their friends and uh, it overloads the system. Like If you go to Dodger Stadium, the hardest thing to do is to, uh, to, to send a message to somebody. I was at a concert Saturday night, and I had that same problem. Yeah, because you'll have fifty or 70,000 people all doing Because nobody actually watches a game or a concert anymore. They just videotape it and then send it to their friends. No, 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 no one's just sitting there enjoying it. So you have this, this overload of the cell phone system. And Cruise, which, which is owned by General Motors, all their cars in that region, suddenly stopped working. And it created a uh, traffic jam. Ten robo-taxis alone on Grant Avenue in North Beach. It's not just their cars broke down. Their cars broke down and backed up everyone else on the block. And there was, there was ten of them on, on one particular stretch. And the cruise administrator said, well... It was wireless connectivity issues because of an overload of cell phone usage at the concert. But <laughs> they, 
They never thought of this before. It never happened before. Um, it, it appears to be an inherent flaw in driverless car technology, which means that if there's an emergency and cell service goes down, the driverless cars will stop in place and the police and fire personnel won't be able to get around the city. Now, imagine you have a, you have a, a crazy fire in San Francisco. And um, the cell phone service goes down. And then everyone's trapped. Nobody can leave. I mean, in uh, Lahaina, the cell phone system was down. So people couldn't get the emergency messages. Uh, according to, what's this guy? His name is uh, Peskin. He's, uh, he's some administrator. Um, let me see. Oh, supervisor, Aaron Peskin. He says, it's a scary revelation that if the cell phone coverage goes out, they can't communicate with their cars at the same time the city would try would be trying to maintain order. So if there's some natural disaster in San Francisco, like, let's say, an earthquake, right? And, uh, you know, uh, we've seen what happens during earthquakes in San Francisco, and everybody wants to flee. Uh, you can't. Because this stupid cruise robo-taxi is stuck in front of you. And even if you get by the first one, there might be 10 more on that street. In fact, Peskin said if you have an earthquake, they'll be sitting like bricks on your street. And there's no way to communicate with them at the precise moment you need them. So you, you could call for this robo-taxi to take you out of, the, uh, out of the danger zone, but that thing's not coming. And of course... Uh, executives at Cruz did not respond for a comment. Uh, the mayor did not respond to a comment. Uh, who else didn't comment? Uh, the uh, California Public Utilities Commission. They had just voted on Thursday to lift all the restrictions for Cruz and for another company, Waymo. They were allowed full commercialization in the city, even though city officials were protesting. They did this on Thursday <coughs> and Friday night. The robo-taxis all seize up. So clearly, like the electric car story that we told you about a few minutes ago, that poor guy trying to take his family from Winnipeg to Chicago, this technology isn't there yet. There's no, there's no charging stations uh, in, in some places. Uh, it takes too long. Uh, the range isn't very much. And now if you uh, are within a certain distance of a large crowded event, like a concert or a stadium, uh, the electric, uh, electric uh, robo-taxis here are going to stop dead. So, I, you know, I understand things take time and, and, and decades, and it's, it's a long trial and error process, but I don't understand the obsessive push when it's not ready. Clearly, all this stuff is not ready. The next 10 years are going to be a lot of fun. All right, coming up after uh, 2 o'clock, Blake Trolley's going to be on, and he's going to have uh, all the details of the latest smash-and-grab flash mob that uh, went through the Nordstrom's in Topanga Mall. Uh, if you've seen the video, it is pretty scary. All these goons dressed in black clothing and hoodies and causing a lot of destruction, stealing maybe up to $100,000. Oh, and, and the, they, they sprayed, they had bear spray on them. One guy got hit with bear spray. This is becoming the most uncivilized place in the country. I don't see these stories 
coming out of other cities the way they come out of here. There's no law anymore. We're going to have Rick Caruso on at 2.30 to talk about it because his uh, shopping center in uh, Glendale got hit too last week. Uh, Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.